Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Back to The Bernie Show on 590 The Fan. Cardinals had a 5-2 lead. The Giants cut it to 5-3. And as most of you undoubtedly know by now, the Cardinals were one strike one strike away from locking in a 5-3 victory over the Giants today at Bush Stadium on what had been a lovely day for baseball. The fans were into it. Nice atmosphere, a lot of energy. One strike to go to put it away. At least salvage one win in this series. And Mike Yastrzemski hit a two-strike, two-out, two-run homer to tie the game, and then the Giants poured it on in the 10th inning, scoring three to take an 8-5 to five lead, and the Cardinals had no answer in the bottom of the 10th, even though they had some of their better hitters up. So the Cardinals haven't been um, this bad in a long time. The, the last time that... They had a record this bad or worse since um, after 69 games. Was back in uh, 1978. That t- the, the Cardinals today are now 27-42 after 69 games. The 1978 Cardinals were 24-45 and 45 after 69 games. I'm also trying to look, and I, it's kind of it's kind of hard to do because I'm obviously I'm doing a radio show, and I, and I, hey, I do look things up while I'm doing it. But you know, I, I was looking like the card. So the Cardinals are 15 games under. So I was looking. Okay, the last time they had to lose the season was 2007, 78 and 84, but they were never worse than 11 games under in 2007. So this team uh, obviously much worse shape. Uh, in 1999, the Cardinals had a pretty bad team. They were 75 and 86. The most games under 500 they were in 1999 was 12. So this team, you'd have to go pretty far back in history to see a Cardinals team this bad after the first 69 games in a schedule. Uh, and also kind of a how low you can go in terms of being under 500. And who is who is going to accept responsibility? Who is going to take charge? Who is going to make changes? Who is going to shake it up? Ooh, you, I don't see anyone. Do you, no, Jim? No, not at all. In fact, there's a text uh, that asked the question, when you look at this team, is there any player who is not underachieving at this point? Um, let me take a look at that because you know, I don't want to forget anybody. And it won't take, it won't take long. Um, By the way, you were mentioning that 78 team. As a youngster, I remember that was not a good baseball team. They were just a bad team in that that, uh, old Bush Stadium with the AstroTurf. Uh, Couldn't get out of their own way a lot. Uh, Lou Brock was hurt. It was the second to last year for him. 
Uh, it just wasn't a good baseball team that season. Ooh. I, I would say about the, who's not underachieving, and that's a tough question to answer only because do we take the stats and you know just what they've done for the entire season, or do we talk about recently? If it's recently, you know, Brendan Donovan is still doing well. And then I sit and look and look and look. All right, who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? <laughs> Jordan Walker is hitting. Yes, he He's is. He's doing well. I mean, he went into today with a uh, OPS plus of um, that put him 16% above the league average offensively, right? Yes, yes. Um, Goldie's not hitting home runs uh, as much as we'd like, but look, it, he went in today. He was 41% above league average, according to OPS plus. Uh, Gorman's an interesting case because he still has a really good OPS plus. 30% above average before today. But his recent couple, two and a half weeks, was just awful. So, and Arenado, even though his numbers are okay, they're fine, but they're down from where they were last year. And even his defense is not as sharp as it was last year. So, but as far as people that are doing better than we expect, and we're talking about right now, man, that is a really short list. For the season, there's still you know, there's still a few guys that are having good seasons, but not necessarily during this time of collapse, right? Yeah. As far as the pitchers, uh, listen, I think Michaelis is – I don't think Michaelis is underachieving. Uh, after It won a good start last time out, but also an error set it up. But after his first three starts, he's pitched really well. Uh, Flaherty is back to being an enigma, if you want to call that underachieving. Uh, I'm okay with Montgomery. Matz is underachieving. I have no expectations for Wainwright, so I can't say he's underachieving. Uh, Gallegos is a problem. I like Chris Stratton. Uh, Jordan Hicks, look, better lately, but he still has a 4.73 ERA. It's actually lower after today. Cabrera is definitely underachieving, but Pallante is underachieving. I mean, it's a really, really, really long list. And I don't know if I properly answered the question because, again, we can talk about the, you know, this, this horrible streak that they've been on where, you know, they have now lost five in a row and 10 of the last 12 and they're four and 13 in their last 17. During that stretch, it's hard to find guys that you say, okay, man, that's one guy, that's two guys. It's really, they're really hard to find. Starting pitchers were doing well. Uh, well, they still are. You throw away uh, Flaherty's uh, start yesterday. In fairness, there's going to be a clunker or two in there, but the Cardinals starting pitching since about May the 25th has been, with a couple of exceptions, has been actually pretty damn good. I thought Montgomery was, again, understanding that we're not talking about uh, Mickey Lolich in the 68 World Series. <laughs> but the lefties, by today's standards, which are much lower, he's doing fine. He, Boy, you talk about a guy that has got wins just about in his pocket, but other people on the team ruin it. He kind of fits that category this year. Now, some of the – look, and he's had a couple, couple, three, four bad starts, but he's he's put them in a position to win quite a bit, and they don't. Today's another example. Next question. So, oh, go ahead. 
No, I'd say I say the starting pitching is the only area of the team right now where if you go back to at least May the 25th, and, and again, that's three weeks ago or so, uh, they've been doing a good job overall based on 2023 standards. Uh, defense, not, I, don't think, I think the, the outfield defense is a little better. Um, I think people are overpraising it, but it definitely is better. Um, that's about all I would say in a positive way about the defense. Um, the base running is a problem. Uh, that I've talked about, it still is, as I've talked about many times. Um, manager, we've talked about a lot. Bullpen's a disaster. Not there's there's there's. Listen, man, I'm like like I always say, I can only work with the material that I'm I'm given. <laughs> I I don't win or lose games. If the Cardinals stink, I'm going to write about and tell you why they stink. If they're playing well, I'm very happy to praise them, offer compliments. It's as simple as that. I'm pretty easy to understand. It ain't that complicated. I'm not going to sit there and make excuses for a team that's really bad or a team that does not have the competitive heart. You're not going to hear me, you know, doing the whole uh, glossing over, the, you know, the ugly stuff. I'm not going to do it. But if they're playing really bad baseball and all of a sudden they start to play really good baseball, I'm going to tell you why. Hey, they're playing good baseball right now. It might be too late, but here's what's going on. I'm always going to praise a team that's worthy of it based on what's happened, based on current events. Team is on pace to lose 99 games, Bernie. What do you predict will happen at the end of the season or who will be sacrificed? Well, if this continues and they end up like in the high 90s in terms of losses or 100 losses or whatever, and maybe I'm silly, I don't think that's going to happen, but I also never thought they'd be 15 games under 500 and the worst team in the National League and the, tw- and the third worst team in the majors on June the 14th. So what do I know? Um, but I think, um, I think you'd, then you'd have to take a hard look at the manager. If he can't get this thing going at all, or or, or, or or in a way where it's enough for him to keep his job. If he can't turn this around, if he can't clean this team up, if he if he can't hold players in accountable that will get a response for them, well, then you're going to have to take a hard look at him. I don't care whether, you know, Mo hired him or not. I don't care if you would have to bring in a fourth manager since uh, the All-Star break in 2018. Um you cannot go into next season with a team that's coming off like a 96, 97, 98, 99 loss season or worse. You just can't. Because it ain't like they're going to go out and say, oh, oh, DeWitt. Hey, DeWitt. Uh, hey, Mo, this is Bill. Uh, here's what I want. You do whatever you have to do to get Otani here. You know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so what are you, <laughs> so you, so you going to do to get the fans at least in a better mood? You bring back this manager if it's a disastrous full season. Mm. Good luck with them season ticket renewals. No kidding, right? Right? People dropping off like flies. Uh, Another text. Obviously, Marmol is not great, but the most significant problem is do we have any confidence that the person to fix this is Mosellock? He says, Matt's Fowler, a Contra, a Rosarina Gallon, Hayward, whom he wanted to keep. And on and on and on and on. Well, it, I'll defend Mo on this. And I have inside knowledge of this. I really do. DeWitt really wanted to keep 
Hayward. He was a huge fan of Jason Hayward. I wrote a column about Hayward one time talking about all these areas where he was really helping the Cardinals. And I said, you know, he doesn't have these big monstrous statistics. And But, boy, look at this base running. Look at his defense. Uh, look at what he does with – uh, two strikes. Look at what he does when you know runners in scoring position. Uh, like he helps, he helped them in uh, across in, in just about every area. He was an asset. And Dewitt texted me to say, "You're absolutely right about. It. I, I love watching this guy play because it's not it's not something where he's putting up these massive numbers, but he's just a good player that helps you win in a variety, like basically every way possible except pitch." DeWitt was a huge fan of Hayward. So, you, you know, sometimes I go back to my thing that I talk about quite a bit. You know, you can't, you can't always blame, you, you can't, you shouldn't blame Mo by himself. You have to keep DeWitt as part of the equation. And, and I keep saying this, and I, it, it doesn't register. Bill DeWitt and John Mazalek are very, very close. They work as a tandem. Bill DeWitt is on every decision. He's the one that gives the yes, do it, or no, we're not going to do it. He's got the final approval, and it's not like he's out on a yacht and, you know, he gets a text message. He's in the middle of all this stuff. And so when we talk about some of the dumb things Mo has done, yeah, the team has done some dumb things. But, again, don't let's not act like DeWitt's not a big part of it. you got to consider them a tandem. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's – I get that. I hope the listeners do. Uh, we got another text. Bernie, been watching this team since 1953. Saw players like Slaughter, Boyer, Chris Carpenter. I would like to see a player or two show up with a black eye, a contusion, or a cut <laughs> illustrating some confrontation and emotion. Keep fighting the fight, guys. Yeah, instead of – if you're going to fight and, and if Jack, Jack Flaherty's going to be Mr. Tough Guy, you know, act, actually step in the ring and get something done Six, seven, seven, instead of hollering at a guy from a safe distance, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to get through something. Mo has That's blown $165 million on former Cubs, Fowler, and Contreras. <laughs> <laughs> they get here and they fall apart. I, I, got, I, I ain't giving up on Contreras, but, hey, your point's well taken. Uh, Bernie, it's time to admit when Skip and Maddox, Yachty and Pujols left, much of the team's brains and mojo left with those characters. Don't forget Jeff Albert. And I'm not even making a joke. Uh, I never understood the, the you know, people wanting to crucify him. I think he's been exonerated based on what's happening this year with this offense. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's see. I'm amazed at how many players – this year have said, oh, we went through that one. Sorry, here's Okay, enough. that's all right. Uh, I've been apathetic for the past few seasons. I personally don't buy the smoke and mirrors that we've seen in recent history, given the situation in the Central. And the complete face plant in the postseason proves that. Right. Not that anyone in particular is doing anything wrong. I just think the organization needs a new, fresh look upstairs. Uh, I... I I think it would be really hard to find anybody to disagree with that. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I've had a long relationship with Mo, and I think he's been really, really good overall, and I really mean that, and he has overall. But the trends are not good. The trends are not good, and what bothers me more than anything, listen, I, I can, I can tolerate 
when a team is aggressively trying to win and they're going to take some chances on people that maybe ordinarily they wouldn't, and if a couple of those things go bad, my attitude is, look, look, listen, yeah, you, you, the bottom line is the bottom line, but at least they were trying to win and try to get, they're trying to get better. But this passive, arrogant attitude of the last couple, three years where, you know, they think they're much better than they are and they're complacent and they're arrogant. And they look at the rest of us like we're a bunch of yammering idiots. Well, I don't know. I, I just don't understand why people say we don't have enough starting pitching. It's really, uh, it's really fascinates me. You know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's that. That is the thing that tells me that they're going to have to make changes because you can't go on like this. And you can't go on infuriating your fans, even though you have great home attendance. You just can't do it. You can't go in every year telling everybody you're great when you're not. You can't go in every year where you think you're the king of the world because you win the damn NL Central. When, you can't, when you're one in nine in your last ten postseason games, and it's even worse if you go back to the final three games of the 2014 NLCS – I've written this and said this a million times. I don't have it in front of me, but the record is deplorable. They used to win postseason games, a lot of them, more than any team except maybe the Yankees over a long stretch of time. They don't win those games anymore. They get in the playoffs, and they're kind of an imposter. They're kind of a fraud. They don't have the credibility or the depth or the talent or the substance that we saw a lot of teams that had John Moselec as the general manager even with managers that aren't that good. He was able to put together a roster that was viable and was credible and legit come October. That's not the case anymore. They can't win postseason games. So as much as I respect and admire Mo for his his entire tenure, what we're seeing now, what we were seeing in a way that, that has led to what we see now, it's because of their complacent attitude, overestimating, overestimating their own talent, not recognizing problems that everyone else can see, and then looking at us like we're a bunch of morons because we don't understand why they continue to repeat the same mistakes over and over and over when it comes to constructing the roster, right? Yes. Whew. A lot of bad there. Uh, Two set in their ways. Two nope. set in their ways. Yes. Bernie, I bet Arenado is kicking himself for staying here in Loserville. Ooh, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. Stuck around for this, huh? Then on the other hand, we talk about where's the leadership. You had pool, pool holes in Molina. Well, Molina didn't have full credibility last season, but still. He had the credibility that comes with a storied career. But last year you had Albert Pujols in charge, and no one could look him in the eye if they weren't competing hard or they were taking things for granted. I mean, I'm not saying he's in there like throwing people around, but all he's got to do is glare at you. How can you let Albert Pujols down? You can't. You're going to be at your best. Whatever whatever your best is, that's what you're going to aspire to. And Molina also was a force in that as well. Paul Goldschmidt comes from a losing Arizona franchise. They didn't do much winning there. 
Arenado comes from, played a long time with the joke of a franchise. They didn't do much winning there. That's why he won it out. So I wonder if they really, they're really capable of providing the leadership that this team needs. Is that a fair thing? Am I being unfair? I don't want to be. I think there's questions there, most definitely, at least to look at and explore. Hey, we better take a break. I know yep. we got uh, Dan Zimborski coming up at 5 o'clock. I do want to tell you, however, about Saliga Heating and Cooling, independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. It's been serving families in St. Louis since 1927, and the Miklases are one of them. And Dan Saliga has, uh, you know, a while back, uh, he took control of the family franchise, so to speak, uh, the owner-operator of this proud business. And he's doing great, and he continues to do great. And Saliga is one that you need to call if you have problems because you can trust their track record. Goes all the way back to 1927. That right there is what we mean by credibility. You wouldn't be around if you were bad at what you did or you're mediocre at what you did. People have a lot of choices. But their their business uh, keeps growing because they do things right. They're professional. They're courteous. They respond in a timely fashion. They're knowledgeable. They're not hustlers. You, you can trust them. They have integrity. They also come up with ways to solve problem spots in ways that you may not even be aware of, like this mini split that cools off my home office, what gets blazing hot in the summer. And they got that high-efficiency American standard heating and air conditioning equipment. So anything you need or want, commercial, residential, you name it, you got questions, you want to see all the services they can provide, first of all, 314-481-7333, 481-7333. Or you can go to saligaheatingandcooling.com. That's saligaheatingandcooling.com. We'll be right back.